Aloha Warriors, real quick, I <laughs> uh, was going to record a full uh, or a little quick, quick little update, and I'm going to get to that uh, TLDR real quick here. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. The uh, episode you're about to listen to was originally going to be the episode or the little update that uh, I had originally intended, and then I got into some other things, and I figured rather than losing it all, I'll share it with you. Because that's part of what the Adventure Mind ideal is all about. So, quick information. If you find the rest of this episode not of interest to you, please listen to the following. We will be taking a brief break over the holidays because, uh, well, you know, family is important. And you'll understand kind of the importance of that, too, if you listen to this episode. But we will be taking a break. We'll be banking episodes, recording them so that we can get on more of a a release schedule that's manageable. <laughs> Still be about once a week, but we want to give ourselves a little bit of a cushion. So if you want to be part of that part of the podcast, uh, email me, Joshua at adventuremind.net. We're going to put up a link uh, up for people to uh, you know get on the podcast if they want to, to, to nominate somebody even. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to make that happen. So in the meantime, if you have any suggestions, anything you'd like to see in the podcast, any feedback, uh, Joshua at adventuremind.net is the best way to do that. And uh, leave comments. I'm going through the comment, the comments that we have on some of the episodes. We'll get to those soon. Um, a lot of spam, and we're doing this on a budget. So uh, I think that'll be it for the meantime. Uh, if you have interest in contributing to the show, uh, we'll find a way to do that too. Uh, so more stuff coming. So big and the short of it is uh, we will be taking a brief break. I expect our brand new, uh, our first episode of next season. Uh, if you'll notice, we have sort of a 101, 102, 103. I'm not 100% sure if we're going to keep with that season format, but we will keep going with the podcast in the new year. Adventure Mind is not going anywhere. I just want to regroup and make sure we do this right and give ourselves a little bit more breathing room and less panic uh, and making sure we get these episodes out to you on a reliable schedule. So in the meantime, uh, we might have a couple little bonus things here and there, but uh, full episodes probably will resume about the middle of January. If it's January 20th and you still haven't seen anything yet, well, email me. Let us know. In the meantime, please uh, subscribe, write us a review in all the different places. And uh, we've got more things coming. We've got some initiatives that I'm working on in the background. I want to create a uh, uh, specifically a blind surf squad and do some other uh, events. Uh, I'd love to do some live events as uh, you know, people get the vaccine and things start to open up and everything else with all the craziness that's going on right now. Uh, but thank you so much for being a part of this. You guys are fantastic. I love that you listen and uh, you make my life and my heart so much bigger and full of life because you take the time every single episode to listen. And that means the world to me. So before we get into this, I want to wish each and every single one of you a happy holidays. Thank you. And without further ado, well, I guess more of me. <laughs> Take care, you guys. Talk to you next year.
Aloha Warriors, Joshua Loya, aka Joshua the Jedi, the aspiring servant warrior. Today, we're going to do something new. Originally, this was just going to be a clip episode, and, you know, maybe it won't be as long. Maybe it'll be a, a little bit longer. Uh, I have my trusty, well, honestly, she can be kind of annoying, uh, Siri. No, my wife is fantastic. <laughs> uh, I have a timer set. So I used my voice to speak into my phone. And so if I go long, you'll hear an alarm go off. But I wanted to take a time, this length of recording, to talk about um, just where I am, uh, what I've been doing, and uh, you know, kind of give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain in terms of the podcast, where we're going, and uh, what I intend to do with the Adventure Mind brand, uh, to use industry speak, uh, to be a little bit more open about some of my personal struggles and what I really want to accomplish, um, with life and, and what we've built here. And I say we, because I could not do this alone. Um, he has yet to, rep- to appear on a recording, but, uh, Justin Romack, uh, and his wife, Angela Romack from, uh, Hero House Creative, they have been so good to me. I could not ask for better partners in this. Uh, Justin has been great about setting up the website, about the uh, logistics in terms of helping me schedule recordings. Um, you know, put in together the. Uh, for those of you who have been guests, he set up the the calendar tool that we use. Still got a, a couple of kinks to sort out there, but, um, you know, having, I mean, you know, I, I taught access tech for a long time. Well, no, actually, no, not a long time, uh, just a few years and I was good at it, but I hated it. And not that I hated the people. I really actually enjoyed helping the people, but honestly, it's exhausting. I like technology when it does cool stuff, but it is, you know, to, to illustrate my love-hate relationship with technology, I was originally a computer science major in college. And I realized very soon into my first semester with that as my declared major that this was not the major for me. Barely a month into my first programming class, I was fantasizing about a log cabin in the middle of nowhere next to a lake where I could chop wood, fish, and play my guitar. And that's all I really wanted to do at the time. That and maybe read some some good books. And honestly, <laughs> it's not a good sign when you're not even a month into your major and that is what you're you're thinking about. I wasn't thinking of if-then statements. I wasn't thinking of object uh, relationships and, and loops and variables and such. I wasn't thinking about all of that because it just there was something in me that doesn't re- didn't resonate with what I was doing. But I did see technology as being very powerful in our ability to change the quality of our lives. And I was, at the time, thinking specifically of those of us with disabilities – Uh, I think that technology can be incredibly beneficial 
to a whole host of people. Uh, but specifically for me, you know, uh, I can't see. And, I, and access to information is a tricky thing for me sometimes. And in fact, a lot of times. And, you know, when it comes to dealing with technology, I get frustrated easily. Uh, I have a uh, friend, former roommate, that um, he and I started out doing technology together. And uh, <laughs> if he had a dollar for every single time he heard me yelling and swearing at my computer, uh, he would uh, he'd probably be a very rich man. Thankfully, he has the uh, the patience and the temperament for it that you know he, he does this stuff for fun and professionally. But that's neither here nor there. So, all that to say that without Justin Romack's help, I would not be able to do what I'm doing now. And Angela, uh, his wife, again. Uh, she hand any of the the videos that you see, even the picture selections um, that you see connected specifically to the podcast or the adventuremind.net website. Uh, that's because of her, her, her aesthetic uh, direction in terms of the logo that we have up at the moment, in terms of the color scheme, uh, you know, that's her. And I am incredibly grateful to the Romax for their, uh, for their contribution to this movement. And I say movement because this is something that I wish I had had. I wish I had had when I was younger. You know, I'm 40 years old now. Now, some people think that's way too old. You're too old to do any adventuring. Well, you know what? Fuck them. Uh, and I say that with all kindness. If you tell me that I can't do something, uh, you know, that's just going to make me want to do it a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I use some naughty words by some people. And I, I debated for a long time about how freely I would speak the way I normally speak in this episode. And not actually not this episode, in the podcast in general. Because I have had, and if you go back and listen to my second episode with Josh Wolfer, I have had a lot of uh, conservative people follow me, people that are offended by uh, coarse language and swearing and dick jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, I do want um, kids to be able to listen to what I do. And maybe, you know, maybe down the road, we'll launch an Adventure Mind kids podcast or something. And we'll figure something out how to do that. But in the meantime, um, I've been unpacking this idea of an Adventure Mind. And I have really contemplated what that means. What does it mean to have an adventurer's mindset? And part of that is because I felt so constricted growing up. Some of that was because of my lack of eyesight and how careful I had to be. Uh, because, you know, until I lost my eyesight midway through high school, I had to be super careful about losing the remaining eyesight that I had. You know, some people, they get hit in the head with a basketball. Eh, it's uncomfortable. No big deal. For me, that could send me to the hospital. Super, super sensitive, uh, my retinas were. Super susceptible to injury. And it was a little bit much. And, I, you know, there's a time, it, there's only so much that somebody who is wired for adventure, namely myself in this instance, can take with that level of restriction. 
constantly being told, I can't or I shouldn't, is spirit crushing, soul crushing. And it taught me to stay in the box, to stay in that safe category, what was expected of me. You know, I grew up in Santa Cruz, which is a pretty free-spirited town, and maybe sometimes people take it too far, right? Like I joke several times, both on the podcast and in my act, oh, God, how I wish I could do stand-up again. I don't think I can do it with a good conscience yet. Um, I don't have the resources of Burt Kreischer or Whitney Cummings to be able to do the the drive-in shows. Maybe I'll figure something out. But point is, um, where was I going with that? Uh point is, is I got really, really good at staying in the box. And yet I would be miserable in the box. And when I tried to conform, I'd, I'd, I'd keep it up for a while. And then I wouldn't be able to keep going and something would snap. And I would remember the coercion. I would remember the guilt trips and the bullying and the intimidation in order to stay in that box. And then my uh, struggles with mental health issues, and I'll, I'll get into that too a little bit, that would open up and that would become considerably more difficult to manage. Almost like if, um, you know, a little bit like an earthquake really. If for those of you who understand how fault lines work, you know, you have, and by all means, if we have any geologists or more scientifically aware people uh, listening to this podcast, uh, email me, uh, Joshua at Josh, uh, well, whoa, Joshua at adventuremind.net. I have another email address that I need to go back and check. And that's something I'll get into in a minute. Um, but, you know, if you have two forces pushing at each other, as I understand it, tectonic plates, you know, you'll have a little bit of buildup and things like that. And eventually the tension between the two, it's just too much. And you start to get a little bit of a shake to lessen the pressure. You know, the energy has to go somewhere. And the box, what's expected and where my heart and my mind and my creativity want to go naturally those are two opposite forces. They push against each other and it becomes difficult. And some, somewhere, somewhere, I will have to allow that place, that somewhere, I'll have to allow that energy to go somewhere. There we go. <laughs> Been watching too much Star Wars. I'm starting to talk like Yoda. Um, and you know, so I have to find a way to let that uh, emotion, that vibrant creative force go somewhere. And there are only so many hours in the day. And so even though I was really making, I think, a positive difference, uh, you know, when I was working as a technology trainer, it was soul crushing. And then four years ago, uh, be a little bit more than four years ago now, it was August of 2016, I had my last job as a technology trainer at Braille Institute. And what was really funny is the next day I went surfing for the first time, specifically uh, in a context where they were aware of what a 
blind surfer needed. Uh, I quit my job not to do surfing. Uh, I kind of found that by accident. I quit my job to do uh, judo specifically. In fact, I actually ran into my former judo coach on uh, on the beach uh, on Sunday when I went surfing. Um, but continuing on, um, you know, I have this this struggle, the struggle of wanting to have creative. Uh, you know, wanting to create something, build something that can help other people who have some of the same difficulties I have or have other difficulties and really want more life. I want an abundant life for myself and for others. And so this technology thing, this tech, I, I, don't, I don't like it and I'll do it if I gotta, but it's not my natural bent. And so uh, all that long-winded, rambly way to say thank you to the Remax and to Hero House Creative for making this podcast possible. Further, so talking about that and the resources there, and of course my wife, I could not do any of the stuff that I do uh, without her being 100% on board. Because when I quit my job, you know, I was leaving security. I didn't have a fantastic job, but I had very reasonable rent. I had uh, a full salary, not full time. Uh, that's the difficulty of working for a nonprofit, but I had, it was a good starting point career-wise if I wanted to keep going in a technology direction. I had health insurance for me and for her. I had enough money to get a periodic massage, like at least once a month or so, uh, which, you know, because I was still continuing to train, um, you know, martial arts and, and whatnot, and to try to stay healthy as best I could. Uh, I was doing that and I would overdo it sometimes. And so the massages really helped. And I, you know, I had all these resources. My, you know, I joke, my health insurance paid for my fucking acupuncture. And that was great. But there were a couple of things at play. I was not living up to my personal full potential. And that whole box thing, the whole conforming thing. That got to me. And there was only so long that I could deal with that. Um, it was really curious. I was, I was reflecting upon this recently. It was just before, maybe maybe a month before that, not even a month before actually, that I started my work uh, there at Brown Institute the second time because uh, I did work there for a few months, a few years before. But when I went to work there full-time, uh, the very day that I got the news that I got the job, mind you, I was still recovering from shingles. <laughs> and... Uh, I just started to realize that I had something more severe uh, mental health going on. Uh, you know, I was actually opening up to this might be an issue. And um, I was, went out for a celebratory coffee at my local uh, establishment of coffee purveyors that is a little bit too burnt. Okay, it was Starbucks. Yes, it was Starbucks. 
Uh, their coffee is way too burnt most of the time, in my opinion. Uh, unless, of course, they sponsor the podcast, in which case it's still too burnt because I'm not going to let sponsors tell me what I can and cannot say on the show. I got hit by a car. I was crossing with my last guide dog that I, I who's still alive, by the way. Um, just in case you're worried, he didn't die in this this particular instance. I was walking to the to the Starbucks. I don't even think I got there yet. And uh, one was churning right. Well, apparently looking left. I don't know. Uh, I thought she saw me. She stopped. And then as I started moving, uh, she ran into me. I turned and she knocked me straight backwards. Um, my dog apparently wasn't hurt, thankfully. Um, but but I was actually under the car. As in, my all of my body was underneath the car. The only reason I wasn't hurt more is because my legs were in between her tires. And somehow somebody got a hold of her. She stopped. I don't even, it was all kind of a blur, but because I fell down and I knew how to tuck my head when I fell backwards. Thank you, martial arts. And thank you, grandmaster Scott Conway in particular, because of that, I did not get knocked out. It was by sheer luck that I was standing the way I did when this woman ran into me. And for a long time, I really, you know, didn't equate that experience with my PTSD. And I kind of ignored that. And while I worked at Braille Institute, my PTSD got progressively worse. And my pain level uh, got progressively worse. Uh, apparently, uh, so I had, because I had shingles right before that, I'm one of those lucky people that gets to have periodic nerve pain as a result. Uh, you know, basically any time I have high stress, I get high nerve pain, especially in the area where I have, uh, where I had my shingles outbreak. Uh, and so, you know, consequently, uh, I was under a lot of stress, uh, just after that, um, accident. And one of the things that I would have found that it profoundly magnified the PTSD that I had that was underneath the surface. I found it difficult to feel safe. I would have nightmares, loud noises, uh, crashes would have profoundly negative experience, uh, impacts on me. I remember just a couple days after the concert, I mean, uh, not concert, after the accident, being in a uh, grocery store, getting ready because I was going to go on a trip just after this accident. I had my dog with me and a little girl, she was three years old. By the way, don't do this, this next thing I'm going to mention, but she started barking at my dog and I literally with not exaggeration, I jumped. I was on edge. And so reflecting on this, this accident, um, you know, I just kind of put it away. It's like, Oh, I'm stronger than this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm me. 
you know, I, I don't have, uh, I don't need to be afraid of, of a car. And so I wouldn't allow myself to experience the fear that I had. That didn't ever get sorted. My medical treatment, I got medical treatment. I was very lucky. And um, so I continued on and I let it stay beneath the surface. I didn't deal with it. And I began working as a technology instructor, being responsible for an entire computer lab. If it wasn't for my volunteers while I worked at Braille, I would not have been able to do what I did. But I was being given the responsibility to be a manager while not being paid a manager's wage or given the respect of being a manager. I made staffing decisions uh, based on the volunteers that I wanted to have. And I was reprimanded for it while I was on vacation because I didn't go through the proper channels. I didn't coordinate with the people who were in charge of deciding who gets to be a volunteer. And it's not that I didn't go through the proper channels, it's that I was, belittled would be a strong word. But I was not respected for the expert that I was. I knew the people that were volunteering in my classroom already. I knew the people that were my students, and I knew the people that I needed to have, and the types of people I needed to have. And none of that was respected. As I continued working at Braille Institute, this is the first time I've been this public about this, by the way. Uh, I decided, that, you know, that you know I wanted to pursue, pursue something greater. The final straw for me in terms of being stunted and my ability to do good at this particular job was when they did a review of contact hours. That's basically, you know, how much time, you know, for basically a contact hour is an hour of engagement with a particular client, whether in a group class or whether in a one-on-one -on -one consultation. The counselor that they had on campus and I, the technology trainer, who again, uh, I'm not going to speak to the counselor because uh, this person was awesome. No disrespect there. And in actual fact, I have all but the greatest respect. But because... They were so concerned about money at Braille Institute. They became much tighter at allowing me to work overtime. And they uh, cut the hours of our on-campus counselor. And I happen to know this just for a couple different ways. 
But the funny thing is, is when they reviewed everything from the previous year, I had, and the counselor had, more contact hours than everybody else at the center combined. And yet, they further diminished our ability to do our jobs. And I realized that my efforts weren't respected or valued, and that the only way to really make sure that my efforts counted was to go out on my own and to find better allies. And what time like the, the present, at least, or the past in this case, because it was four years ago, than right now. I had an opportunity. Wow, see, I get to stutter, stutter. You get to hear all the warts, all the details, all the little imperfections. I decided um, that no like time like the present to do everything that I felt I was designed to do. And at the time, I had a really cool opportunity to train with Justin Flores, who's an amazing judo coach, uh, and his brother Jacob, who's also an amazing judo coach, and essentially to do martial arts full-time and to pursue, however unlikely, making it to Tokyo in 2020 in judo yeah, for Paralympic judo, you know, basically blind and visually impaired people competing against each other in judo competitions. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that if I didn't do it full time, devote my entire life to it, I had no chance. I went full bore, full throttle, if you will. And then I tried surfing. Turned out I was a whole lot better at that and continued on. And Somewhere in there, and I think this was while I was still doing judo, I don't even know if I was competing in surfing yet. I got this idea of the adventure mind. Maybe I was inspired by my friend Sifu Singh, who was the first guest on this podcast. Thank you, Sifu, for giving me the nickname Joshua the Jedi. Yeah, I didn't take that for myself. I'm a giant Star Wars fan and have gained a tremendous amount of strength from specifically Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Qui-Gon Jinn. Mostly Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda uh, in terms of the, the Jedi characters that have inspired me the most. And I identify it a little bit with Luke because, you know, kind of, I've, I've always liked that farm boy, you know, rise to greatness, you know, hero's journey kind of stuff. But um, where was I? Okay. <laughs> Don't know how funny any of this is, but I, I feel like this is, you know, if you enjoy this, cool. We'll, we'll kind of give you a little bit more of a, a thing and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep going. Um, so I found that, that strength and that desire of resilience of inner strength and power that the Jedi's get through the cooperation with the force. And, you know, judo scared the shit out of me because for years I was afraid of being thrown and not knowing when the ground was coming. 
I didn't know. And something about doing judo unlocked it in me. And I, you know, yeah, I had done rock climbing and yeah, I had, had done a bunch of stuff already, but I hadn't really gone into it full bore. I'd lived an adventurer lifestyle. And so training, you know, four or five, sometimes six days, uh, well, training about six days a week, but specifically uh, training up, you know, four to six hours a, a day, six days a week. You know, I was doing it wrong, but I was I was putting a lot of effort in. And I got in pretty good shape and I learned a lot about jujitsu and judo. And somewhere along the way I lost my way. And I think part of that, uh we'll, well actually I'll circle back around to that in a minute. But this idea of being strong and courageous. Now I've talked a little bit about my difficulty with Christianity and my difficulty with other Christians and you know, regardless of where I go with all of that, there is a theme. Uh, I see it very, uh, it comes up a lot, especially in the uh, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, you know, basically the Old Testament. And um, what it is, is God talking to his people and telling them to be strong and courageous. The first place I knew about this was in the book of my namesake, Joshua, where as they're getting ready to go into Jericho and the other plant lands in which the, you know, Israel is supposed to take possession, God tells his people, and especially Joshua, to be strong and courageous. And I thought about this. And I, I think I thought about this because of a lesson that Grandmaster Scott had done. He's okay, as I call him, uh, interchangeable. Uh, he used to do these mat chats at the end of class, or sometimes in the middle of class, where we'd you know, sit down and he'd share a philosophical principle or a religious principle, because the Guardian Arts have a Christian foundation. And they were usually pretty broadly applicable principles. And he was talking about how a sword is made. To oversimplify it, the swordsmith takes a piece of metal, they heat it up, they pound it out with a hammer till it becomes bendable. And they use whatever skill they possess to fold that metal in on itself. They add carbon and other things. And it ends up making the metal far stronger. And the more times they do it, I'm sure there's some diminishing returns after a while. But again, I said an oversimplification. The smith pounds it out, puts it through fire, lets it cool, does it again, pounds it out, bends it, puts it in fire multiple times to prepare the sword for battle. Grandmaster Scott has a combat quality uh, claymore. Uh, you know, basically the, the sword that William Wallace of Braveheart fame had. And if you bend it, and if you bend other combat quality swords, 
you know, off axis about from the hilt, about 30 degrees, there'll be a little bit of spring to it and it'll spring back. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are some exceptions again, but there's a little bit of spring there so that it, it bends, but it doesn't break. It's not brittle. It's, there's some resilience in there. And it got that resilience by the very thing we we're talking about of the, the pounding, the heat, the trial of being formed to something more powerful than it was before. And somewhere along the lines of him talking about the way a sword is made, he made the connection, or I did, I don't even remember at this point. The idea, the reality that you do not get strong by being comfortable. You cannot gain strength without doing difficult things. And similarly, just as valuable, I think, is the importance of doing scary things. Now, I, unfortunately, uh, Rudy Giuliani has become kind of a joke. And, and whether that's because of his actions or whether it's because of media spin, don't even care. Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of the guy now, but there is something that's attributed to him during the time that he was mayor of New York City just after 9-11. And he said, at least as it's been mentioned, I haven't actually found any audio or video of this, so maybe he didn't say it, but regardless... Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is being afraid and going anyway. We're doing it anyway. And so it is impossible to be courageous if you do not have fear. It is impossible to be courageous if you do not have fear. And thinking back... As I began to develop the concept of an adventure mind, I began to realize that the only way that one can have an adventure mindset, the only way you can cultivate that inborn spirit of adventure where it wells up from inside and permeates everything you do to help bring life to other people as deeply as is possible is to do difficult stuff and scary stuff. You do not get strong by looking at weights or watching people work out. You might gain some insight on how you might effectively do that, but until you actually apply that knowledge, it's not that helpful. You need to lift the weights or get on the treadmill or go swimming or do whatever it is that you want to do if you want to gain physical strength or endurance. And in terms of developing courage, 
you know, if something's not a fr- uh, scary to you, there's no courage there. It still might be really impressive and cool, but it's not courage. And what's difficult and what's scary for me is not going to be the same thing that's difficult and scary for another person. And here is where it all culminated for me. As I began to uncover my own and actually be willing to admit my own PTSD and my own depression and anxiety stemming from both, I began to realize, and honestly, even as I began to reflect on some of the difficulties connected to my blindness as well, I would rather have adversity of my own choosing than adversity not of my choosing. And I think that's the difficulty sometimes that people have, where they they need a place to feel safe. They need a sanctuary, whether a physical place, whether a mental state. We need that emotional safe haven. We need that place where we can be ourselves without having to pretend, without having to perform, without having to be accepted by anybody. And I realized I wanted that for others. And I realized it's, it's so much bigger than me. Some of you guys know I've talked about it. I had a, um, my first coach, uh, not my current coach, John White is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately, Pat Weber, my first coach, was, it was, there was a lot of stuff that was really wrong there. I've talked about it on uh, social media and uh, it's, it's unfortunate. There, there is just so much stuff there. He taught me how to do, he taught me the basics of surfing and I jumped into it sooner than I would have. And I started winning because of his instruction. I'll give him that. There's a lot of stuff there though, that got really gross and I began to began to doubt my self-worth. And there were a lot of things that were said to me when we were when nobody was around. When it was just me and Coach Pat. There were a lot of things that were said to me that made me doubt my value. You know, by this point, by the time I started working with Pat, I had five black belts. Well, actually, no, I think I had four black belts. I ended up earning five, the fifth one uh, while I was working with him. But in any case, even before he and I severed ties, I had five black belts, and yet I still doubted my value as a human being. I went along with things because I felt like I needed to be accepted. I was afraid of being alone and without direction. 
And I realized I didn't want anybody ever to have to go through that because that's not the, that's not adversity. That's abuse. And that's different. And sometimes it's a hard line to figure out what's damaging and what's challenging, but still strengthening. And sometimes it's a fine line between what's scary and helps you to develop courage and what's traumatizing. And sometimes initially something might be, and you can make yourself stronger depending on how you look at it and the the framing or the significance that you give to the event. But the idea is that if we gain the whole concept behind Adventure Mind is that if we gain strength through adversity of our choosing and develop courage by doing things that scare us, again, scare us, not traumatize us, but scare us, then we can develop a resilience that permeates everything we do. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect, right? So, um, and this actually goes back into one of the reasons I'm doing this episode. So that's that's kind of the whole idea that this this essence behind Adventure Mind is developing resilience through adversity of our choosing, doing difficult things on purpose, rather than having difficulties come to us, doing scary things on purpose rather than needing to live in fear because we're not ready for just day-to-day life. And in fact, day-to-day life for me, some people might argue, is objectively harder than somebody who doesn't have any difficulty seeing or doesn't have a mental health diagnosis, right? But that doesn't mean that I should let that control me. And sometimes we just need a little bit of help. And sometimes we need a lot of help. But if we can find a way to do things that we choose that are challenging, then it changes everything. When I get on stage, and it has been a long time, it feels like an eternity. I am not a seasoned comedian, you guys. I love telling jokes. I love telling stories. When it's just me and I don't have an audience and I'm just talking, you know, sometimes I'm funny and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I get really serious like this. But I love making people's lives better with laughter and with kind of expanding their minds and their uh, awareness of what is and what type of life that we can have, right? That makes me feel good. That's that's scary too. It's scary to be out in the middle of the ocean and know that a shark could come up and snap my my leg off. Or that I could get stung by a stingray and it turns out it's not as bad as people think. Unless of course you get uh, stung directly in the heart by a very large one. Um you know people like to make jokes about Steve Irwin all the time, but you know what? He died doing what he loved, and that's beautiful. And that was an adversity of his choosing which makes it extra awesome. And so, you know, for me, like I, I went out and I went surfing Sunday 
And I got out there and at first I wasn't sure how I was going to do because I was already kind of depressed. I was still dealing with, you know, the holidays is, you know, this whole season from about Thanksgiving through, uh, you know, just after Christmas is usually very difficult for me. And so I was dealing with that. Um, I had done something in my neck and my shoulder and I wasn't sure if I could even surf at all. And I told John, my, my coach, who I hope to get on the show next week, uh, next year. He's working on some things. He wants to get those into place before he comes on the show. So he has something to share with you guys. Um, what I was telling him, I don't know if I'm going to surf. He's like, ah, oh, just take out the taquitos, this little tiny foam board, uh, short, just, you know, right on your belly, have fun with it in the, in the inside. Don't even worry about paddling. And I got out there and I was like, all right, I'm having fun. And I um, <laughs> went out there, I started, and I was, you know what, let me see if I can try, I started paddling and I, I actually tried to surf on that thing. I caught a couple of waves on that thing. And then I got, uh, he handed me another boat, uh, board and I went, and by the way, this is all leashless. First time I ever surfed without a leash. Um, I, uh, I went out and I paddled the outside. Eventually I was catching independent waves outside and I had this amazing moment where I was enjoying just playing in the ocean. And you know how I would never get to experience that? I would never get to experience that if I let my fear keep me from going out there. If I let my fear keep me from enjoying the amazing playground that is the ocean. And also developing the strength and the endurance to paddle and to surf and you know gaining competency at something that allowed me to um to enjoy it more deeply. Even the time I spent on land doing yoga, I'm doing DDPY, Diamond Dallas Page Yoga, and it's helping. Doing workouts from on it and exercises from uh guardian martial arts and other things that I've done. And it allowed me to enjoy it. Because I had strength to paddle. I had endurance to keep enjoying it. I had the balance to stay on that board. But also, I was able to enjoy surfing for surfing's sake. It wasn't because I had a competition. It wasn't because I had... And I do have a goal of still making it to the Paralympics. Apparently not with judo, but with definitely with surfing. And being the first totally blind Paralympic gold medalist. Surfing probably won't be in the Paralympics till 2028, but you know what? I'll only be 48 years old and I'll be a way more seasoned surfer by then. So we're going to make it happen. We're die trying. So hopefully not the die trying part, right? And if for some reason I can't make it, I'm going to help other people to get there too. All right. Going back to, uh, so the adventure mind, you guys get this whole adventure mind spirit thing. And so uh, as I mentioned, this, Time of year is really tricky for me. It is surrounds you know the the some of my most traumatizing events when I was in the midst of my difficult time in in Ohio with my stepmother, um, where I experienced most of my more significant abuse uh, was surrounding the holidays, and I, I don't feel comfortable getting into the very specifics. 
But suffice it to say, it's not just that, you know, family and all that stuff. It's that some of the events that really anchored in, you know, this pattern of abuse and really kind of underpinned and and made, you know, little little emphases, if you will. Some of those were around the holidays in particular. And th- so this is a difficult time for me. Uh, and... You know, you guys need to know that I'm human. You know, I've talked a little bit more about this podcast more recently about some of my struggles. And I've talked about it on social media, some of the difficulty that I have living life and the way that that life can be difficult. And especially this year, this has been one of the hardest years. And before I say the next piece, I don't want anybody to, uh, I don't want anybody to, to, to think that I'm going to do anything to hurt myself. But I've thought about suicide every single day this year. And the key key thing that keeps me from doing it is you who's listening to this podcast, the handful of students that I get to help, the people who find encouragement from my social media posts, that keeps me alive, that keeps me from hurting myself and letting my former negative experiences define me. I like to give voice to them because a lot of people go through this stuff. It's not an easy thing. And especially this year has been one of the most difficult, not just for me, but for a whole lot of people. And again, I, you know, as I said at the beginning of this recording, this was going to be just a simple update. This was just going to be a, hey, this is what we're doing, and we're going to get into that. Um, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that life is difficult enough. We've seen this with this year. We can't control what other people do. You just can't. You try, and people get nastier. And I understand we have laws, and I understand we can allow things or not allow things. And, you know, I think it's extremely reasonable. If you walk into a grocery store, it's very reasonable for somebody to have a, have a uh, mandatory mask policy in their business. And if you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to wear a mask, but you don't have to you don't have the right to go into somebody's business and make them unsafe or violate what policies they have for their store. If you have to wear shoes and a shirt, if you know, if no shoes, no shirt, no service is reasonable, then so is making somebody wear a mask until they go if they go into a store. And you know, so on the one hand, I do agree that we have that. We have the, the, there's a need for some rules and things. And, you know, this isn't about debating science or politics or anything like that. But one of the things you will see when people are being told that they have to do things a certain way, there is a natural response for people to want to buck, you know, buck that off. I have that myself. We're talking about that before where I, I have this need to 
do things differently. I'm not wired the way I think most people are. But who am I? I'm not most people, so who knows? Maybe other people are more wired the way I am than I think. And granted, I don't have children, so I can make different decisions. You know, if I if I had kids, I probably would not have quit my job four years ago. I would have probably lived a safer life for their sake. That being said, part of this episode in particular, this conversation I'm having with all of you, is to let you know I'm not perfect. I struggle. But there's a lot of life that's worth living. This is, we're now in the time of Yule. Now, I'm not a pagan, so far be it for me to understand all the specifics. I'm not a scholar, whatever. All the little disclaimers in there. But I watched this really interesting video recently about a a very basic Yule ceremony. I was like, you know, 15 minute long video. Um, And uh, I I thought it was a hilarious... uh, (laughs) Hilarious name for a YouTube channel. It was a YouTube channel for people who found strength in in pagan things and 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 uh, whatnot. And the the name of the YouTube channel was Witch Please. <laughs> and 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 uh, by all appearances, a stereotypical. And let me rephrase this so I don't get canceled. As a as a black gentleman who was probably gay based on his uh, mannerisms. That's all right. You know, he was really kind of digging in to that. Uh, No way to know for sure. He did not explicitly state his sexual preference or gender identity or any of that. Uh, But one of the things that was really neat, and I tried to watch it with an open mind, right? I still would consider myself a Christian and and, and Christmas to me is, is a way to remember. Um, the infinite pouring itself into the finite and God loving us through that. Not saying Jesus was born on December 25th. He probably wasn't. Point is, um, this regrouping, this time of pondering the previous year or previous cycle and looking forward to the next, being intentional about the life that I want to bring or that we want to bring into this next season. That's, that's pretty huge and that's valuable whether you are an atheist, whether you are a Christian, whether you're a pagan, whatever, it doesn't matter. And this, this time, you know, to, to kind of reflecting on this, this is a difficult time for me, this is a difficult time for other people too, and especially this year, it's it's been exhausting. And taking the time to regroup, taking the time to think about what's important to us and what we want to accomplish, what we want to be intentional about doing, about being, about the lives and relationships we want to have and strengthen and maybe prune away a little bit. podcast isn't going anywhere. We are taking a little bit of a break. Uh, probably going to, uh, might put out another bonus episode, a little shorter episode uh, before uh, the end of the year, but 
we will probably not resume uh, full episodes until I'm guessing the middle of January. We're going to start banking some episodes as we're learning how to do this a little differently. Uh, I want to regroup and I want to build some awesome stuff with this Adventure Mind brand. Maybe I'll start writing some blog articles. We'll kind of branch out. Um, I would like to sponsor a all blind surf team and start doing other initiatives, other adventure pieces, get some, uh, you know, work on the furthering, uh, the book that I started. I keep starting and stopping and keep starting and stopping. Going into the next season for me is to let go of my need to perform for other people and for other people to be pacified. Not let go and don't care about you who invest your time. You do invest your time in listening to me, and that's beautiful. Thank you for that. I wouldn't have a podcast. (laughs) Well, I suppose I could, but the podcast has more of an impact because you're listening. Because you're listening and you're sharing, you're writing in, and and I do have some correspondence I need to get to you guys. I'll, I'll get there. Um. You know, this whole idea of living a full life so that we can help other people live a full life, so that other people can live a full life. And sometimes the difficult and the scary is being open and honest about our vulnerabilities. I use the moniker Joshua the Jedi. One, because it was given to me. Two, because it's a badass nickname. And three, it illustrates an important truth. That if this life is anything, it is a wondrous treasure. It is a wondrous wondrous treasure that we get to experience so much. Thinking about The Hobbit specifically, the book that was written before The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the movies were made after The Lord of the Rings, but they take place before. Thinking about Smaug. It's not Smog, it's Smaug. Uh the dragon and this dragon and and other dragons and stories, they like to hoard their treasure. And there's that avarice, that unquenchable need for more that doesn't serve anyone, including ourselves, because we'll eventually keep wanting more and never find ourselves satisfied. And the only way to actually enjoy the treasure that we have of this life is by sharing it with other people. Now, some people tend to prefer to be a little bit more solitary and that's okay. Some people naturally get charged up by other people. The reality is, as much as we've been 
there's my alarm. I'm going to close this out soon, but hit snooze there. It's been difficult because we've been isolated, but all the more reason why we need each other. And so this podcast, Adventure Mind, as a whole, this whole movement is about doing difficult things on purpose, doing scary things on purpose so that we can create our own inner resilience and help other people to have that resilience too. The surfing, the stand-up comedy, which I hope to get back to, the music, which I may do again in the future, the martial arts, any of that. It's all more of a way of living out this adventure mind ideal. So in a nutshell, adventure mind is doing difficult and scary things on purpose to create resilience in our lives and in the lives of those to whom we connect. And that is life the true way to create unending wealth is to have connection with other people, to foster connection, healthy connection with other people. I'm still exploring what I believe. And I think that is something I will continue to do until the day that I move on to the next adventure. That being said, there's a couple places I've read this. It seems to be a common theme in, in some of the Buddhist literature that I've read so far. That our separateness is an illusion. that there is only us. There is not a you, there is not a me. There is only an us. And even if you don't take it to the full degree that there is only one essence of life and we are all but facets of that life, which may very well be true, The reality is none of us lives without the influence of others, other people, other creatures, external weather patterns. All of us are connected. And the moniker that I live by, Joshua the Jedi, specifically the concept of working with the Force, is a great reminder to us that we are connected to everyone and everything. And what we create has ripple effects. Just like you throw a pebble into a pond. Those ripple effects, those go out and they affect anything 
that gets impacted. It might just be a tiny little bug skimming on the surface of the, of the lake or the pond, but they're affected. If it's a really big splash, you might splash somebody who's sitting in a rowboat nearby. So every action has an impact. And if we want more life for us, one of the greatest ways to have more life is to help create more life in other people. If we want more love, we need to love. And if we want more courage, we have to help create those experiences for other people that they can challenge themselves doing scary things in a way that builds them up, helps them be stronger and be more of who they are without having to perform, pretend, or to keep themselves hidden. Whatever holiday you celebrate, Christmas, which is coming up as I record this, I record this on December 22nd, whether you celebrate Yule, like the ancient Germanic and Norse peoples, whether you are an atheist and you celebrate nothing, if you're Jewish, if you follow the way of Islam or some other religion that is less well-known. And yes, I realize there's a whole bunch of well-known religions that I didn't mention, but regardless of what your worldview is, what you hold to be true or even likely, thank you for listening and being a part of this podcast. Thank you for being a part of my life. More is coming. More episodes, more guests, more unique ways of building something. That can help change the way we as a species live life. Let's create resilience in our own lives. Let's create competency in our own lives. And let's create courage and more living for us and everyone around us who wants in. If you guys want in, let me know. Let's make something beautiful together. Joshua at adventuremind.net. Hit me up on Instagram at Joshua the Jedi. I hate Instagram, by the way, but I'll check it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of you know, Twitter at Servant Warrior. We'll, we'll, we'll get some social media links and things up on the website. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you.